el primero de mayo. <risa> Hello and welcome to the The SimD Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Dismay Jr. Follow me on my other handle on the Elon app at The SimD. That's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. You are listening live at The SimD Podcast, all one word on the Elon app. If you're no longer down with the Elon app, trust me, I get it. If you find a good alternative, holla at your boy. If you're on the Zuckerberg app, I am at the CMD podcast. If you're on the China app, I am also over there at, at the CMD podcast. For all content, audio and visual, hit up the CMD.com. If YouTube is your jam, and it should be, and we're doing some good things over there with Timeline T, my daily live stream, go hit the YouTube page. It is at the CMD once you search on YouTube. And for all musical production done by May First Music, support him at soundcloud.com slash May First Music. This is different. We're trying something new here, trying to see if I can give you something live and direct instead of pre-recording my ass off. We are doing this live on the Elon app, seeing what we could do visually and technically. So if you're able to pull up and tap in, I appreciate it. If you catch the replay, I appreciate it. If you're listening to this on the regular RSS feed, I also appreciate you over there. So wherever you can get this, I appreciate it. So this is a NBA playoff preview. I've been away for a bit, but I haven't been physically away. I've just been away getting other things set up to push this production company forward. That is visual content on the YouTube page. Again, we're doing some really interesting stuff there, building a brand, establishing a community over there. If you want to check that out at the Sam D on YouTube, but it is NBA season. It is going to be 1 PM Eastern. Everything's going to get started. Hi Philly. You should have easy work. Don't trick this off, but second round, then we'll have some fun. But as we start, let's get right into the bracket. We just need to go ahead and just break this down. Nice and easy, nice and simply. What exactly are we looking for when it comes to this upcoming playoff season? Is there anything here that we need to be privy of in regards to an upset? We have the 4-5 with Cleveland and Knicks tape. Knicks tape is feeling very, very froggish. They're ready to jump out there and let you know they think they can take this. How do I feel? We'll get there. Then we have the another 4-5. A lot of people are on this 4-5. I got a reel on Instagram that's kind of bubbling up because I was talking about this potential matchup back in February. But now we have this matchup in real life. But the problem is no pandemic P. But we still have 4-5 with Phoenix versus the Clippers. Now, Lake Show is going to be a thing. They capture the 7 seed. They will take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Do we think the Lake Show as the 7 can upseed, upset the 2? Y'all should probably know how I feel. Y'all know what type of futures bet I placed in February and in January. Y'all know what type of time I'm on. Y'all should know where I'm at. And plus, there's a lot of Josh stuff. I've been getting into that heavy on YouTube, a little bit here on the podcast last episode. But this Josh thing just continues to evolve itself. Lastly, do we light the beam even against the defending champs? Can Harrison Barnes extract revenge for them jettisoning him for Kevin Durant all them years ago? Can Harrison Barnes exact revenge? Sweet revenge 
by lighting the beam against the dubs. All of that and more. Salute to A. Wiggins for pulling up. I never went out there jumping on that rumor. It was definitely in the group chat. It was definitely on, on the Signal app, but I never believed it enough to put it out here with y'all. But away we go. Let's get into round one. We'll go by the games that are scheduled. So we have Philly and Brooklyn at 1 p.m. Eastern. What do I think will happen? Philly should take care of business. They have who I think should be the actual NBA MVP in Joel Embiid. And Brooklyn is a shell of the former self. No matter what Cam, Cam Thomas does, no matter what Cameron Johnson does, no matter what Mikhail Bridges does, this is a team that is undersized and undermatched. Philly, if you want to show me that you're for real, even as we you know, projected the move into the second round and potentially the Eastern Conference Finals, then go ahead and finish your breakfast when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. Do not toy around out here with them in six games. Go ahead and take care of business in four or five maximum. Take care of your business. Don't let, you know, lingering teams lie. Do not let a team that is undersized, undermatched, and undertalented in the Brooklyn Nets hang with you. Do that. If, if Embiid's the MVP, and I think it's a regular season award, and for sure he played the best, especially down the stretch as Jokic fell off. It made it quite easy at that point. But in terms of we want to see an MVP, MVP play like one in the playoffs as well. This is the time. The Nets don't have the size to match up with him. He should eat. And if they try to double and triple him, then the beard should go off as well. And then if it's not the beard, then Maxi should go off as well. That's what it really comes down to is that they have the talent to just push past anything that the Nets can offer. So it should be quick work, light work for the Philadelphia 76ers. If it ain't, if they let this linger to six games, you know I'm on their ass. Pause. So we'll take care of that. Let's see. What are the games scheduled today outside of that? Oh, it's going to be a fun one. We are here leading you up until uh, the first games, which is Brooklyn Philly. So we'll be here live on at the CMD podcast, live podcast, trying something new, seeing if the technology can keep up with what I would like to do. So here's the schedule today. You have Brooklyn Philly, Atlanta, Boston. All right. So now we can go back to the bracket. Atlanta, Boston is the next game up. I mean, look, Atlanta had their playoffs when they beat Miami. That was their playoffs. Now they're going to go ahead and take that whooping, go ahead and take that ass beating against the Boston Celtics. Again, the first round to me sets the tone. Boston set the tone last year by getting KD up out of here in a sweep. That set the tone for their run. Now, if Atlanta, if they can steal a game, I think it's just game one. The most is, this should go is five. Should is the operative word. The most this should go is five. We'll see how Boston comes out. But I believe, again, if we're to take Boston seriously, because to me, to be to to be completely honest, there's only one serious team in this Eastern Conference. I know there's title contenders in the East, but in terms of teams that I think can really go out here and just snatch a Larry OB, to me, there's only one team. We haven't talked. We haven't spoken about them yet. And I've already talked about Philly and Boston. So that's, that should let you know what type of time I'm on. But in regards to the Celtics, if they want to go ahead and do what it do. It starts here. Atlanta cannot compete with them from a skill set perspective. Jalen Brown, you want to be a and future Atlanta Hawk, allegedly, then go out here and show them why they should break the bank for you. 
Go out here and go up, put 30 plus, seven, eight boards, five, six, seven dimes, and just be that menace on the court that you can be. We know what we know what Tatum going to do. He's going to put up a bunch of shots, and he's going, he's just going to be dynamic. We know what he's going to do, but it's going to be the other guys. Maybe not necessarily in this series, but going forward, it's going to have to be that. So can Boston take care of business? And again, that's why this first round matters because if you assume Philly takes care of business in five games, Boston has to do the same because you don't want to be struggling with the Hawks six games. You don't want to do that. So if we're talking about getting out the first round and setting yourself up from a roster perspective, a health perspective, that you want to be able to jump out there and make it happen in that first round, getting out there in four to five games maximum. So we'll see how that goes. What's up next? We got Knicks tape. Knicks tape in Cleveland. This will probably probably be the most entertaining series of the Eastern Conference first round. There's a lot of storylines here. We know the Donovan Mitchell angle. That there's a lot there. You know, Donovan Mitchell versus Jalen Brunson. There will be a lot watched upon that matchup. There will be a lot decided upon how that matchup goes down. But to me, it's about whose young pups are going to step up. Can Evan Mobley do anything against Julius Randle? R.J. Barrett, what is he going to be able to do? How deep is Thibodeau, the meniscus tearing taskmaster, going to go into his bench? There's going to be a lot of things that, to me, are going to have to be figured out for me to, you know, really handicap this series. I think the Cavs are a better team. I think the Cavs are a deeper team. But in essence, it's really just going to come down to whose youngins are going to step up. Because when we talk about the youngins, right, when we talk about the youngins, Let's go ahead and get the basketball reference up. Y'all know that, that that's my site. When we get basketball reference up and we talk about the Cavs, like, you know, we're talking about Mobley. We're talking about Donovan Mitchell. We're talking about Darius Garland. We're talking about Jared Allen. Like, we're talking about a lot of guys here. Now, we know Al, uh, Gar- Garland's been dealing with injuries. Levert's been dealing with injuries. Even Donovan, but even Okoro. But all of these guys should be in the mix and should be ready to go for round one. And they, they're going to need them. The Knicks are not going to be an easy out, so they're going to need them. But in regards to whose youngins are going to step up, Evan Mobley is a talented big. Can he handle Julius Randle? Or Coro's going to have his hands full switching off, whether it's R.J. Barrett, whether it's Jalen Brunson, all of that. Levert could be that vet. He could be a factor. Darius Garland could be a factor. And we know Donovan. Can Donovan go off? He struggled a little bit down the stretch here. But what? how much does Donovan have left in the tank? And then we can talk in the Knicks. Look, y- y'all know how I feel about Knicks tape. Chief Nick hater number one. But ultimately, what it comes down to, is Julius going to hog the ball? Is he going to be the black hole? If he's going to be the black hole, then that limits what Jalen can do. They need the two-man game. Julius can have a big head here and try to go crazy and think it's all about him. He knows what happened a few years ago. You can't, you can't wipe away what happened a few years ago when y'all about having Mecca pep rallies. You can't, you can't go past that. But in regards to this should be Jalen Brunson's team. Should. Will it be? I have no idea. But it should be Jalen Brunson's team. And that's going to be something where I'm going to have to navigate in terms of figuring out who exactly can do what. Who exactly can do what when it comes to whose team is it? Whose team is it right now when it comes offense? 
We know what Julius can do when he's allowed to go crazy. When he's allowed to go crazy, he could get them shots up with the best of them. But you don't want that. You know, he's averaging 19 shots a night. As good as that sounds on paper, when he's shooting 46% and 34% from three, which is below league average, by the way, you can't do that when you have Jalen Brunson, who has, you know, I'm still not the biggest proponent of Jalen Brunson. I'm not saying he's trash. I'm just saying if that's your number one option, you're not going to go that far in the playoffs. And I don't think anything I've seen this season has made me move off of that. He's had a great season shooting 42% from three, 49 from the field. He's taken 18 shots a night. He's gotten, he's taken the opportunity and has run with it. Does that mean now like Jalen Brunson is this superstar? No. Does this mean now that Jalen Brunson has shut up all the haters? No. Because I don't think there were that many to begin with. I think people are just looking at the contract, but they're not having that big of an understanding of how much NBA money is bloated now. There's a different standard now when it comes to NBA money. Giving someone $100 million who you expect to be a real good contributor should not be given with such vitriol anymore. This isn't like in the 90s or even the 2000s when you know a role player might get, you know, Jerome James damn near got $100 million and people went crazy. This isn't that. Jalen Brunson is a $100 million player. Now, if he's your number one player, that's where I have my issues. And I think ultimately... That's what's going to hinder the Knicks if they even could get past Cleveland. That's certainly what's going to hinder the Knicks as they try to move forward here. Because if they move forward and they face the Bucs, y'all know what's happening. Y'all know what's happening. Maybe you get a game, maybe. But in regards to, you know, doing anything more than that, to me, it's Swiss cheese. It is Swiss cheese. Okay. So that is the Eastern Conference. You know, we won't touch on Milwaukee because I don't think they play today. And let's just make sure. No, we have Golden State, Sacramento. So we'll slide over to Golden State. So Golden State, Sacramento. This is a really sexy matchup because somebody's inefficiency has to get exploited. Either the Warriors are going to trick off all the road games because they have one of the worst road records in all, all of the NBA. Or Sacramento, who can't play defense but can score like crazy, they're going to have to go on the road and get at least a game. So whose who's inefficiency is going to be exploited more? The Warriors not be able to play on the road or win big games on the road or the Kings inability to stop anybody defensively. That's a real thing. And I think that's why this matchup has a lot of potential because I don't know about y'all. I mean, I'll check on the, uh, let me see. Can I check on FanDuel real quick? What What is the total? I guess I could check here. Let me see. What is the total for Kings Warriors? Because I'm really interested in that. Uh, let's see. Who has it? What's the total tonight? Ooh, 237 and a half? Yeah, I'm going over. I'm going over. I am not giving uh, betting advice, but I'm just saying if it's 237 and a half and you have a team like the. Uh, they were led. They led the league in scoring, correct? They led the league in scoring. Yeah, 121 points a game. And they gave up 118 points a game. 
So that's 239 right there if we do the math. Okay. So if, if you're a betting person, that's already right there the reason to maybe take that over. If the line is at 237 and a half and the Kings score 121 a game and they give up 118 a game, we could do the math. That's 239. I'm just saying, I think a lot of overs are going to hit in whatever, however long the Kings are playing. So I know that there's a lot of states that has the betting now. All I'm asking for is a little 5%. You know what I mean? But yeah, so I think this series comes down to whose inefficiency shows up more. It's going to be the Kings lack of defense or it's going to be the Warriors inability to win on the road. I'm actually under the impression that the Kings could win this series. You know, I know the everyone wants to see, you know, uh, Warriors and the Suns in the second round and so on and so forth. I'm not necessarily here for that because I don't think this Warrior team is that good. I think the, the saving grace is A. Wiggins coming back because if you look at the splits, when you look at the lineups when Wiggins was playing early in the year, when he's on the floor, they're next to impossible to beat. Uh, that's where I have to have to split via lineups. Oh, no, here you go. Yeah, if you put uh, Wiggins with the starters. Yeah, here we go. It's only, yeah, Clay Thompson, Looney. Yeah. Look, look at these pluses, dog. And if you do minutes played, like this lineup here, look at all the pluses. Find the negative. <laughs> okay. In terms of efficiency, find the negative. It's the best, you know, net per 100 possession lineup that they got. If this shows up, they're probably getting the Kings out of here quick, fast, in a hurry. Right? The only caveat is, what A-Wiggins are we going to get? Are we getting healthy A-Wiggins? Are we getting A-Wiggins that is up to speed? Like, he just popped up. We, we understand what, what happened, or at least what, what we're being told what happened, and we're thankful that it wasn't what that rumor was. But, you know, he still missed a lot of time. A lot of time. Man's only played 37 games. So in regards to what does this look like once A. Wiggins is on the floor? Does he need a game or two to get right? Does he need a series to get right? It's not guaranteed that he just shows up and all of a sudden he's looking like, you know, the guy who I thought should have been finals MVP last year. There's no guarantee that he's just going to plop out the sky and be able to get that off. No guarantees whatsoever. So I think if, if I am the Warriors, I feel confident. But the thing with Sacramento is they have a lot of not give a fuck in them. An extreme amount of not give a fuck in them. They don't really have no back down. There's no back down in lighting the beam. And I know most people haven't really been paying attention to them. But if you do, if you have been paying attention to them, not only do they score, they score easily. Like, let's let's take a quick look at Sabonis's shot chart. Because isn't he shooting like 60%? Yeah, he's shooting 62% from the floor, 37% from three when he does take threes. But a lot of people are going to get introduced to DeMontis Sabonis. And a lot of people are trying to go out here and call him Baby Jokic. I think that's an insult to Jokic. I mean, to me, that seems to be like a lazy narrative, but we'll see. But let's let's take a look at that shot chart. Okay, we see that shot chart for DeMontis Sabonis. Man eats inside. Okay. This isn't necessarily where he gets the ball on the catch, but it's where he finishes and gets the bucket. He lives in the paint. 
So a lot of thoughts is thought early in his career, he was seen to be a little bit of a finesse guy, takes a lot of shots. His evolution has changed where he's developed strength and he has developed an inside game and he has some touch around the cup. And now you see him eating on the inside. He'll still give you someone outside now, but he's trying to live, as you see, down low. He's he's in the paint, dogs. Like he's he's bully balling. So Kevion Looney, the habitual nut hitter, Draymond, their job is to make sure he don't go crazy in the paint. Now on the outside, you have De'Aaron Fox, who is a blur, who can also be a nut. But this has easily been the best year of his career. And let's see if we get to the get to his page. De'Aaron Fox is going to be able to come in here and show everyone what they've been missing by just not watching Sacramento Kings games. And again, why would you have been watching Sacramento Kings games? So I don't shade you. Now, look at, I mean, <laughs> if, if I could have kept the Sabonis shots up, you see who takes way more shots, right? There is way more shots here, okay? Let me see, is, is, is this the right button? Yeah, that's the right button. So there is way more shots here for De'Aaron Fox than DeMonte Sabonis. So you see where he's living. He's, he's, he's doing the, the pick and roll, the dribble handoff. He's eating in the middle, the top of the paint. He's okay from three. I wouldn't depend on this. You see where he's taking a lot of his threes are from the top. There's something where the corner three is going away. It's not a conversation for today, but it's something that I've been looking at a lot of shot charts throughout the season, even though I may not be out here dropping pods, you know, every single week like I have prior because I've been building up the YouTube. But trust, I've still been keeping my eye on NBA and looking at certain trends so that when I do pull up like I am today live on at the at the Sandy podcast, I'm able to still give you up to date vital info. The corner three is going down for top players. The corner three is now kind of being relegated towards role guys. You're not getting a lot of stars. The way I've been tracking shot charts this year, it hasn't been a lot of dudes that's been getting it off from the corner three like in years past. So could be a shift there. But you see, De'Aaron Fox also lives a lot in the paint, but he's also taking a lot of middies. A lot of middies and a lot of threes from up top. He wants to work in the middle of the floor. He wants to have the vision to be able to see the entire floor when he's operating. And you see, he just puts up a lot of shots, man. And that could be the thing. He can shoot you in or out of a game. And we see his road splits. Is there any, any difference we need, to, we need to keep an eye on? Hmm. Shoots better at home. That's normal. Shoots better from three on the road. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing too crazy. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the uh, the Kings role players act. The Kings role players, Malik Monk. Someone who, you know, was able to make some things happen with the Lake Show last year, ultimately didn't work out, but just... There's going to be certain guys that, that, that are going to be getting run, and you're going to be like, wait, he's in Sacramento? Like Kevin Herter. How many people are aware that Kevin Herter is a Sacramento king? Right? So there's going to be some people that pop up on your screen. Davion Mitchell, he's going to be a guy that, that's going to get some good run here. Trey Laos is going to get some good run here. You know, maybe even Kessler Edwards. I'm not too sure about that, but in terms of, you know, wait, is he even healthy? Okay, he's healthy. All right. So... 
I think that Davion Mitchell will be able to get some run here. I think he's a guy you need to be to watch for. Like their role players are guys that can really step in and just steady the ship. Everyone gets up and down. Tempo is crazy with this team. You see their pace, upper half of the league in pace. You know, first in offensive rating, near the bottom in defensive rating. That tells you all you need to know. Like I said earlier, that uh, total for game one is 237 and a half. This right here tells you they give they score 121 and they give up 118. Simple math to me. So those are the games for today. You get a nice little four-pack today and a four-pack tomorrow. The NBA always trying to make sure you get hooked up. So Brooklyn and Philly at the top of the hour at 1 p.m. Atlanta-Boston after that. Knicks tape and the Cavs after that. And then we have the Doves and Light the Beam, the Kings, 8.30 tonight. So Sunday, that means we start off with the Lake Show and the Grizz. Now, Lake Show has the best record since either the trade deadline or the all-star break. I forget which, which time frame they use to, you know, mi- micromanage the data. But in terms of their defense is top tier since the all-star break, we'll just say all-star break. I'll fact check it later. They uh, had the best record since the all-star break, the best defense since the all-star break, and their offensive, offensive efficiency has gone through the roof. So, Lake Show has done a complete 180 from the roster they had. So the trade deadline served nobody better than the Los Angeles Lakers. But fresh off the play-in, they have to now deal with the Memphis Grizzlies. And as much as I'm going to sit here and say, well, no Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark, that should be easy work. Nothing that the Lakers have done, even in the second half, has made, it, has made me think confidently they could just take out any team easily. They let bad teams hang around. They play up to good comp. Like, they just, they're still an, an enigma. But the main thing is, Anthony Davis is relatively healthy. LeBron is relatively healthy. And they got some dudes. And one of them dudes is Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers is not for play play. Dylan Brooks is, is, is running around thinking he pock. And he could talk that talk all he wants. But the one who I think is going to step up and answer Dylan Brooks is not going to be Braun. Dylan Brooks would love for Braun to go at him. He wants that shine. He wants that notoriety. But I think the dude that's going to actually bring it to Austin Reeves, bring it to uh, Dylan Brooks, is your man's, a.k.a. Hillbilly Kobe, Austin Reeves. He wants to smoke. He's got the chip on his shoulder that's the one you need, you need to look out for. But when it comes right down to Anthony Davis and it comes down to LeBron, I think they're going to have to use a lot more of their bench. Rui, who was looking like he's going to be part of the starting uh, the starting five, but once once you saw what Vanderbilt could do, it was quick work for Rui to be that sixth man off that bench, the first big off the bench. So I think Rui, I actually think at some point, whether it's this series or for sure, if they get there the next series, they're going to need something for, from Lonnie Walker. And, and Lonnie Walker has been the odd man out here, odd man out here, and I'm not exactly sure why. You know, as, as much as Troy Brown is okay, I think he's solid. I'm just not really sold that Lonnie Walker shouldn't be getting any run. We'll see how that goes. But Beasley's going to have to find a shooting touch. Jared Vanderbilt, he's going to have some work in this series because he's going to have to either chase around Bain on switches or deal with Jaron Jackson Jr. in the post. 
He's going to have he's going to have his workout cut out for him. Yes, AD will be there to kind of hover, but it's going to be a real interesting to see how they decide to cover Jaron Jackson, who has stepped up his game offensively, especially in the absence of Steven Adams. So that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on in terms of what is going to be the strategy to guard the Memphis Grizzlies, because this Grizzlies team is not the Grizzlies we're used to seeing because there's no Steven Adams, there's no Brandon Clark. If we look at how they've been playing, they haven't really been playing that great with job being back. They've had some moments of flashes, but they haven't really done, in my opinion, anything substantial in terms of taking on top tier competition and playing well with all the injuries. And to and to keep it a buck, what job are we going to get? What job are we going to get? Do we need to go through the game log of when of when he's been back? Right. We could do the game log of when he's been back off of his seven to 10 day sabbatical exploiting mental health for his own cloaking of, you know, whatever. Uh, so in his return, let me see. Can y'all see that? Let me make sure. Yeah, y'all can see that. All right, cool. So he's had one, two, three 20 plus point games since his return. He's played seven games, excuse me, eight games. In his return, three of them have been 20 plus. Has he been efficient at least? Mm, the first three, he was efficient. He's been okay. So you're getting an okay jaw. I'm not sure where his head is, to be quite honest with you, because with all the stuff that's going on and him, including him countersuing the 17 year old that he allegedly snuffed at the crib, I'm not sure what, what to make of what uh, jaw is putting out there, but. I don't know if I'm putting Memphis that they're a two seed and the Lakers are not your average seven seed. So I'm putting money on, on the Lake show. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it a buck with you. I got money on the Lake show. I mean, I got future bets on the Lake show as well, but in terms of like this series, I'm putting money. I, I don't think this team with no Steven Adams, because see, the thing is if you're going to try to beat the Lake show, you need someone to beat up on AD and I just don't know. Triple J just ain't built like that. I don't know who on this roster is going to be able to beat beat up on um, AD. Brandon Clark's not there. Steven Adams is not there. Who are you tapping? Who are you tapping? Santi Aldama? He switched cheese defensively. Like, he is the literal definition of switch cheese defensively. Okay? So, I don't know who you're going to get. Do, do you go small? Since you know you have no size, is it even worth it to dust off Santi? Who started their last game? Their last meaningful game. They lost to the Bulls. That wasn't a meaningful game. They beat Portland. Let's see. Who started? Okay. Uh, basic and advanced? That's weird. Okay. Xavier Tillman started. And Santi got more minutes. Yeah, dog, I would just go small, dog. I wouldn't even bother. I wouldn't even bother. And, you know, they had to start Canard because I believe that was the game um, Dylan Brooks missed. But in regards to that normal lineup, like, if you have to put Xavier Tillman out here at 6'8", I mean, dogs, like, if, if again, if you're looking at the Lakers uh, starting lineup, right? Have they announced starting? Well, it's tomorrow, so they probably haven't started to announce the lineup yet. But assuming, let's see. 
Assuming this is the starting lineup. You got AD at the five, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt at the four, LeBron at the three. And then you have D'Lo and Reeves in the backcourt, right? So your front court is AD, Braun, and Vanderbilt. Who is Tillman guarding out of those three? He'll guard Vanderbilt? Okay. Triple J's guarding who? AD? Okay. Who's guarding Braun then? And that's why the Lakers pose a problem. Because Triple J can't cover, can't cover Braun and AD. He might try to leave one to go help on the other, but he can't man up on both of them. So where does he go? Where does he go? Because if you're going to throw Tillman out there, he's just a sacrificial lamb. And if you didn't, if you replace him with Santi Aldama, he is also a sacrificial lamb. Because this might open it up. I mean, because then that means what? Bain is going to cover Braun? Or Dylan Brooks is going to try to cover Braun? Then that means Reeves can go crazy or D'Lo can go crazy because we know Jai ain't playing no defense. We know Jai's not playing no defense. Bain has the ability to play defense, but once he learned he could shoot threes at this level, the defense has kind of waned off. So you're not really going to get that much of a defensive effort from Bain or Ja. I got the Lakers in this series quite easily, to be honest with you. So I'm not going to give the, the game prediction or whatever in terms of in how many games. I don't really do all that. I just think at the end of it, I think the Lakers advance and they take out the two seed, the Memphis Grizzlies. So ultimately, I think the Warriors with Wiggins take care of business against Sacramento. And then I think we're, we're getting the Lake show and the Warriors in the next round. Phoenix, L.A. This is the one, or it would be, if Pandemic P was healthy. But Pandemic P is not healthy, and now we're stuck with Kawhi against four dudes. Can Kawhi Dolo take out the point fraud, D-Book, KD, and DeAndre Ayton? If this was Toronto Kawhi, I would say maybe, but since it ain't, that dude is long gone. There, there's even less uh, cartilage in that knee now. Nah, nah. Now he's played great. Kawhi has had a quiet, dominant year, and because it's just Kawhi, and because it's the Clippers, no one really has been paying attention. But Kawhi has quietly had a dominant year. You're looking at a guy with 24, 7, and 4, 50% from the floor. And this is a guy that shoots a lot of middies. 51% and 42% from three. You know we round up here. So 42% from three, 51% from the floor. I mean, this, this year, this year will be slept on. Because ultimately, without Pandemic P, you really can't give this team a chance in hell, especially going up against the, six, uh, the, the Suns, right? So you can't really give them any chance of advancing in this series. But ultimately, when you're able to put up 24, and again, this is on 50 games. He only played, he only started 50 games this year. 
17 shots, so it's extremely efficient. This is the highest, well, almost the second highest effective field goal percentage of his entire career. But he's only giving it to you, pause, in 50 games. 17 field goal attempts at 51% from the floor. And again, we can do his shot chart. It's a lot of middies. Let's see where we at. Shooting. Dog, look at these middies, dog. <laughs> look at all these middies. Look at all these middies. Like, man's is living, as you see here, especially the right side. Left side, he ain't giving you too much. But top of the key and the right, he lives on that right baseline. Sometimes the, the raw data is right there staring you in the face and you have to pay attention. Right now, you're seeing... Whenever Kawhi gets on that right block or the right elbow, shots going up. He's he's still they remember for those who have been following the podcast for for a minute, even back when it was pick and pop. You remember when it was uh we we called him Robot Jordan. We called Kawhi Robot Jordan because he was doing a lot of the same moves. He had he had the patented fadeaway. He had the drop step. He had the jab step. Like like he was basically turned himself into you know that that second three peat Jordan. 96 to 98 Jordan. He turned himself into that because he lost his athleticism because his knee is degenerative. So Jordan was just getting older. Kawhi just has a bad knee that will never get better. So he had to learn to pivot his game to be less explosive and to be more fundamentally sound. It has been a lot of reporting about how he studies Jordan tapes all the time and he's really patting his game. But I think over the last few years, especially he has turned himself into maybe the closest version of 96 to 98 Jordan we're ever going to get from a, you know, shooting perspective because he is living on this right block in that right elbow, dog. Right block, right elbow. He right there. Fade away, fade away, fade away. Like, I wish, did, did he tell you what type of shot? Two-pointer, two-pointer. Oh, I wish he told, it would tell you what type of shot. Because I'm telling you, I would say at least 60% of these are probably just straight fadeaways. Post up, turn around, fade, right shoulder. Probably. You know what I'm saying? So I think that there's going to be something there. But unfortunately, he's going against the one team no one wanted to face in the first round. No one wanted to face this team. And if your whole thing is, I have two wings on paper that can maybe keep up with KD and D-Book, that's great. But when you lose one of those wings, then it's Swiss cheese. Will the Clippers even get a game? And I'm saying that seriously. Will the Clippers even get a game? They shouldn't. If Phoenix is who most people are saying they are, point for all be damned, they shouldn't get a game. Now, I also don't think the Suns are going to win the chip. And it has nothing to do with my angst against the point fraud. I think there's some flaws there that we're not paying attention to yet because it hasn't been exposed yet. I think the lack of size and the lack of depth is going to bite them against somebody. Maybe it's Denver in the next round. Maybe it's the Warriors or most likely the Lakers or maybe even the, the Grizz once they get to the conference finals. Somewhere along the line, or maybe it's the finals, somewhere along the line, that depth or the lack thereof is going to hurt them. Because again, if KD goes down, and we can't assume that that can't happen. It's happened a lot over the last few years. 
if KD goes down, who's behind him? Torrey Craig? That's a big drop-off. There's no more Mikhail Bridges. There's no more Cameron Johnson. Like, at least those dudes, I mean, we see how they're, how they're cooking with the Nets. Those dudes can go be a bucket if you give them a chance. Now KD goes out. You got Torrey Craig trying to go off. Nah, son. Now Book's got to do that much more. And not saying he can't do it, but that's not the position you want to constantly put himself in because y'all know it should be clear as day now how done the point fraud is. And that's not even doing my usual hate or shade. There is no way around it now. This man is cooked. I mean, for me, he's been cooked. But now even those that, that have been fighting me and pushing back on me against the point fraud, there's no way that you can't tell me that this man is not cooked in the year 2023. So we have that. And then the final series from the West is the Pels. No. They wish, right? Because the league would have wanted anything to just show Zion on the bench. Just anything. They would have wanted anything. But no, no. Unfortunately, that is not the case. We're stuck now with your man's Rudy Gobert getting bully balled for hopefully four to five games maximum against the Denver Nuggets, right? Now, I love Ant-Man getting another chance on the big stage. Unfortunately, there's, there has to be changes to this roster. The problem is when you have Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, as the head of your organization, you can't expect competent moves to be done. I mean, the fact that they gave up four first-round picks for Rudy Gobert and, you know, Kessler and a bunch of ancillary other parts, like, they're already telling you what type of time they're on. They have no idea what they're doing. Ultimately, we know they're trying to get that team back to Seattle. It's just a lot. But unfortunately, Ant-Man has to waste the first three, the first four to five years of his career because he's probably going to have to re-up. I mean, maybe he's the first one to step out there and not take that extension. Maybe. Or one of the few that, that didn't choose not to take that extension. But there needs to be a lot of changes to this roster, and I just don't see it happening. Carl Anthony Towns has to go. Has to go. Rudy Gobert, I don't know who, I don't know what sucker you could find, but I know who should not be there. Hand the keys over to Ant-Man and let's just see what Ant-Man just being the one and not having to always defer to Cat whenever he's around. That's what we need to figure out. That's what we need to see. Because I'm about tired of this. This here is like straight mid. He fills the stat sheet every year, but he amounts to nothing in terms of product, like to in terms of team success. It provides nothing. There is no bigger definition of empty stats than this man right here. Empty stats. Every single year, he floods the box sheet. Floods it. 20 plus double doubles. Get you a couple dimes. Going to shoot from three. We, we, we know this. But team success, nah. Nah. Can't do it. Can't do it. And I think ultimately, it's going to lead to a change. Now, who takes Cat and that salary? I do not know. But if I'm the Timberwolves, no matter what happens, they could even look great and maybe even push this to six. I still would say Cat has to go. I would not get fooled by whatever they do in this playoff. 
So ultimately, where do we see things ending up? If Denver takes care of business, we're going to get Phoenix, Denver in the second round. If things go the way that that I think they are, we're going to get Warriors, Lakers, second round. Health be it as it may, I think Phoenix takes out Denver. Now, the altitude could be a thing, but I still feel Phoenix will take care of Denver. So Phoenix to the Western Conference Finals. Now, down here, we have Warriors-Lakers. With Wiggins, it's going to be tough. Without Wiggins, I think the Lakers could probably wipe out the Warriors pretty, pretty easy. With Wiggins, though, he's a guy that can guard LeBron. With no help. He's a guy that can even get caught on AD on a switch and not necessarily need help. But I still think having Braun and AD, as long as the others are othering, I'm still going Lakers. So Lakers to the Western Conference Finals against the Phoenix Suns. Now here is where Adam Silver would love for this matchup. That's the, I mean, yes, Phoenix, Golden State in the Conference Finals could be great too. But anytime you can have Braun and KD on this stage, I mean, sure, Steph versus KD, the revenge factor, even though it's not really that, like, sure, you could play that up. But Lakers, Suns, Western Conference Finals, I think that's the one Adam Silver would do next to anything to be able to put on front. Now, we'll pause there and go over to the East. We've been talking a lot about the West. Slide back over to the East. <sighs> Unfortunately, the Bucks are going to have to deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sorry, Knicks tape. I think the Bucs could really get to the Eastern Conference Finals and not lose more than one game in all those series. They can take care of the Heat. In four or five, and I think they can take care of the Cavs or even the Knicks. If the Knicks find a way to beat the Cavs, I think they'll take care of whoever comes out the four or five in five games, maybe six if they get caught slipping. So Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, relatively easy. Now, we have the Hawks in Boston. I said if the, if the Celtics want me to take them seriously, they got to get that done in four or five. I think they'll do that. Philly. Hi, Philly. Philly. You know, this should be a sweep, quite honestly, but we'll, we'll give them five just in case, you know, they have an off night. Philly, Boston. Where are we at here? Philly, Boston. I think ultimately Philly, Boston will come down to who can inflict whose will. Joel Embiid should be the MVP. You're going to be guarded by Al Horford and Robert Williams and Grant Williams and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Malcolm Brogdon. Guess what? I haven't named anyone who can guard you yet. And you know how you put the team on your back at various points throughout the regular season? That series right there, the 2-3 matchup, That's the series you show everyone, casuals, 
analytics nerds, experts, and the like, that's when you show them you're the MVP. Yes, you proved to us during the regular season that you're the MVP. I'm not shading you there. However, when the MVP shows up in the playoffs, it hits different. That's why people been airing out Jokic. That's why people aired out Nash. Because when they got those MVPs, they did nothing in the postseason. When the MVP of the regular season tricks it off in the postseason, it diminishes how that MVP is viewed. Joel Embiid, you don't want your MVP to be disconstrued. You don't want it to be diminished. When you go up against Boston, again, I named off the whole damn near roster damn near, and I'm still telling you, not one of those names can stop you. Now, I know Shaq can be redundant with get eight points a quarter. It's 32 points. It should be easy. But I'm going to say something akin to that. You're going to need to drop 30 to 35 every night. Need, not want, not because you can. You're going to need to. Because I don't think you have the team defense that can stop or slow down Tatum and Brown. So you're going to have to go 30 to 35 every single night against single coverage, double, triple coverage, trap, fronting you, pulling the chair out, whatever. They're going to double on the catch. They're going to double on the lob. They're going to do all of it. 30 to 35. Not want need can he do it that's the series because the Celtics have more dudes who can score Harden's nice he's he's had a good bounce back year Maxie's fine all of that that's fine ultimately it's can that seven foot two Cameroonian put all them dudes on their back and walk through Boston night after night after night that's what it's going to take. And it still might go seven. But you're going to have to do that to get it to seven. Don't depend on the beard. Don't depend on Maxi. You're the MVP. They're others. That's how that works. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. I want him to do it. I think it will be great for this podcast because we have so many Philly fans that pull up. But I'm just not sure. So I'm, I'm going to put that as an incomplete right now. I know that's that's weak sauce, but I'm still going to do it because I have to see how they how they play. I have to see how he plays against Brooklyn. If he does what I think he should do against Brooklyn, that will make me feel more confident about about him going forward against Boston. So that's real. If he plays like he's supposed to play, Harden is an other. Harden's not even Scotty, okay? If he plays like he's supposed to play, Maxi, Harden, all them dudes are distant second and third options. The way he's played this year, he gives you that feeling like that's the move. But it's the postseason. It's the postseason. 
When you drop 33 a game, that's great. That's regular season, though. We know how it is in the playoffs. They know your pet plays. They know your tendencies. They know you, they, they know which hand to play off of. Like, they know all your tendencies. Can you push through despite of that? Remains to be seen. For, for their sake, I hope so. But it really does remain to be seen. All right, we got a couple of minutes here left. Let's see if we can uh, bounce around a little bit. I will say I have missed doing the pod. Uh, just trying to find time. Just trying to find time. But now that it's playoff season, y'all know I'm not going to let the playoffs go by without dropping episodes. Like, I'm just not, yeah, I'm not here for that. So you will be getting episodes. Y'all know how I do with the NBA Finals. We're a pod after every game. So none of that has changed, right? So we're still on that type of time. Let's see. No, nothing really popping off here. Yeah, we might have to wrap it there few minutes early oh championship odds let's see let's see if if any if if i like any of these odds let's see the lakers were plus 3200 in january just so y'all know bucks at plus 240 i don't like that i don't think there's a lot of value hey the sun's at 480 I mean, as this appears, I've been talking all year that I think the champs going to come out the East. I didn't think that was that much of a hot take, but I think it's the Bucks championship to lose. So I think it's, it's fair that they're, that they're the favorites here. Warriors sneaky value, especially if the Lakers falter. If the Lakers falter and then that opens up the Grizz advancing, this is good value for the Warriors. I really don't see any other value plays. Nah. I think Lakers at plus 21 is still really good value. But again, that's to win the chip. I don't know if they have enough to win the chip. I wonder what the... Oh, yes. That 3,200 I spoke about, that 3,200 was just to make it out the West. So I'm sure the, the odds to win the chip were higher. Interesting. There's nothing here that I would play. I think the Suns is sneaky value. Maybe you, you throw a little something there as a placeholder, but not waste no money on, on the Nuggets. Sorry, Philly, I would not waste no money on y'all, barring an injury. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do anything more than that. But shout out to Shams, though. Shams, Shams buying it completely with the, uh, the betting angles. Let's see. Anything else? Uh, no, I think we might be done there. Let me just check one more thing. There has to be some something salacious on this timeline today. Everyone's low. Everyone is low. Oh, here we go. Oh, Sham's got all the betting stuff. Good. All right. To, end, to win the East, is there any value here? I like the Philly number, 440. I like that Philly number. 
yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't do that. But let's go with, let's go to the West. Well, that Laker number is still pretty good. Plus 800, that's still a good number. If you believe, if you believe AD and Braun can stay healthy, that's really good value. Warriors, yeah, I don't like that value. Yeah, I think the play, if you're going to go to pick a championship uh, to, to win the Larry OB, I would go Phoenix as good value in terms of winning a conference. I think Philly in the East, and I'm going to say that. I think the Lakers in the West, those are good value plays. Good, good, good value plays. All right. Well, that will do it for me here. Let me do my, uh, where's my intro stuff? There we go. You know what it is. Appreciate y'all for listening. Just wanted to hop in and do a NBA playoff preview. Want to make sure I give y'all a little something as I tap in. Make sure the RSS feed is up to date and up to speed. I always appreciate y'all tapping in, uh, whether it's here, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's in the DMs, letting me know that you know you're sending me information that you want me to cover here on the pod. And trust me, I will be getting back to that. Just trying to juggle everything with building the video side of what I'm doing with my productions. And still having to having this audio and video experience now with the podcast. So trying to explore different things, different ways to be able to hop in and give y'all content. Sometimes sitting down and just blocking out an hour to two hours of time to do the podcast is sometimes very hard to do now. So now that I could go live on any of my platforms, this might be a way so I could jump in, do a pod and be able to still give y'all what y'all want. The audio for this will be on the RSS feed. So if you haven't caught it live on the Elon app, you'll be able to catch it on the RSS feed. So as always, for the Sam D podcast, I'm the Sam D. I'm out.